This is Jenny with Love Rice, and um, I'm a therapist in training down in Chandler, Arizona. And with me, I have Dr. Skinner, who is a mentor and my friend and the director up here at Addo Recovery in Linden, Utah. And today we have some really cool questions, I think, about couples therapy. When, how, why, what are the goals, what do we want to do, What's, what, when's the timing right, the purpose. So let's get into that idea. What have you been thinking about when it comes to couples therapy? Well, you know, it's one of the things um, that I've been thinking a lot about because we often are getting uh, couples coming to us asking questions, right? Um, we, we're stuck, right? We, mm -hmm. we don't, you know, we've been doing our individual work. I've been going to group, been going to group. But, but what a point do we in, in introduce this couples counseling and, and can we mess it up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and I think that the reality is, is I think we can go prematurely trying to solve emotions that we're not ready yet to resolve. Tell me what that looks like, because I'm imagining, you know, we've had this breach in the relationship and we're we desperately come to couples therapy because we desperately want to find some solution. And uh, what does it look like when it's premature? Well, I, I think perhaps just a couple of, of things that might be pre premature. Let's say that a person's inactive, acting out, right? So they've been acting out for an extended period of time, and, and they, maybe they're not done with that acting out, whatever that is yet. And, and then we go to couples counseling, and there's a secret. It hasn't been, information hasn't been disclosed. And what happens there is, is we try couples counseling, and it fails miserably because there's a hidden secret. Mm. So someone has to be ready to let go of all the secrets. Yeah, I think couples counseling, and a lot of people try it, but, but what are we actually doing there? Yeah, I think we're, like we were saying, we're often really desperate to go there because there's been this, this fracture, and we're desperate for repair. And so, okay, let's go to couples, couples counseling. You know, so yeah, coming prematurely when we're not ready, I imagine on the side of, you know, the, the partner who's betrayed the relationship and, you know, it could be either or, but even the side of the relationship that's experiencing, you know, trauma, both of them, of course, can as well. If, if maybe if those things haven't settled, right. haven't found their right. space, haven't found their pattern. Yeah, and so what I, what I think about it is we have to understand kind of what our goal or objective is, both parties, and there's some really hard questions that we have to ask. Like, how committed am I to making this relationship better? Am, am I willing to give it a try? Do I want a connection? Or, or, or is it really I'm just kind of putting window dressing on this, going to therapy? And, and I think it's important for couples to stop and really evaluate themselves and what they're hoping to get out of couples counseling and, yeah. and, and really clarify it. Yeah, I like what you're saying because often, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? You have this breach in your relationship and maybe you just have a couple toes in, you know, one foot in, one foot out kind of idea. You know, where are your goals? What do you want? But being real clear and maybe even being, even if you're not clear that you're, you don't know what you want. Right. There's sometimes right. that kind of feeling as well. 
Yeah, and so I, I want to just be really clear here. I believe in couples counseling. I was trained as a marriage and family therapist. I know you're trained. And couples counseling is a very important part of what we do. It's just there's an important timing for it. And so when we prematurely try to connect, when there is this secret, when maybe there hasn't been a disclosure, when one partner is maybe in, in, again, pick your addiction, alcohol, drugs, right? They prevent human intimacy because more often than not, when I'm in addiction, it's coming in, in, in me, and I'm more focused on self than I am in seeing others, seeing you, seeing the challenges that you're going through. And so in that context, human intimacy is really dependent upon two people who are open and ready to do what intimacy is. And that's giving of self, serving, giving attention to the relationship. And if you're not ready to do that, then, then you're going to be holding back. And, and that makes sense. We're scared, right? We're scared of being Yeah, hurt. this is real be- valid. Mm-hmm. That, that right? one-toe so, in, one-toe out feeling. I, I don't know. Are you, are you going to try? Are you going to try? And that's where couples counseling can be really effective in helping people, people understand each other's wounds and developing empathy and feeling empathy and feeling understood. Those are really important constructs or concepts that we want these couples to work through. But if we're going to just go, go through the motions because we're afraid to disclose a secret and we, you know, we're still in active addiction mm-hmm. or acting out, we're emotionally not prepared to give ourselves to what therapy is going to require. And sometimes the longer you're in therapy with a hidden secret, it's actually more damaging because we spend all this money with a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and, is damaging. And, and, and then it's like, well, why did we do that? And then I get angrier because we just spent all this time and all this money. What are you doing? Yeah. And, and so, I think it's important for us um, to, to pause as, as therapists and really identify what our clients are seeking help for. Yeah, and it is kind of you know, an underlying idea when we go to couples therapy, like you're saying, the, the reason we mostly go is because we wanna repair the intimacy, we wanna repair the connection. Foundationally, right, no secrets, We've got to be in spaces of recovery, both with our addiction or with our trauma responses. Um, we've got to have a, an opening, a place that's softening. I often say, you know, it's like we, you know, we go through an ice age almost. We're really shut off to the other person. And then am I willing to allow the ice to melt? If the ice is able to melt even just a little bit, maybe we can move forward with the relationship. But, you know, sometimes the ice is there and you can't get past it and that's okay. That's another yeah. place. Yeah. So a couple of other things that I just, you know, when couples come to therapy, as, as we ask them to identify what they're coming for, there's a couple of additional parts. And, and one is a personal self-evaluation, which we've kind of been talking about, right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's that, I, I've, got, I've got to figure am out, ready? do I want to try? Yeah, am I ready? Am I ready and do and, I want it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the next part of that is, let's say that I do want it, but I'm fearful. I'm yeah. scared. Right. right now we're talking about a vulnerability of saying, I would like this relationship, but where we've been, I can't do. So now we're talking about maybe some boundaries and some what we would call healthy expectations 
And so couples understanding the boundaries of, of what they would want in their marriage. And it's almost like we're recreating a new marriage. Yeah, it is boundaries and it is amends and it is repair work. And, you know, that idea that when we've been in a relationship that's been fractured and that connection has been wounded, the, rep mm -hmm. the repair work is about coming back together. It is about feeling safe again with that person, about being extremely vulnerable with that person. And there is a lot of fear going into a couple's therapy situation where you've been hurt a ton in the past. Like, is this just going to be a repeat of the same, right? There's, there's a lot of courage that goes into stepping into that office. And like yeah. you said, a lot of self-evaluation and am I ready to be transparent? Am I ready to be open and soft? And I might not be, and I have to be aware of that is, uh, quite frankly, I'm still pissed off. I'm still hurt. I'm still angry. And I don't know if I want to connect, but I do want to see what this process is like. And so that's what I often see, you know, a lot of couples when they first come in, it's like they're dipping their toe in the pool, seeing the temperature, what's this going to be like? And as therapists, we're trying to create a clear expectation of if you're going to work on your relationship, if you're going to work, then we're going to give you some resources. We're going to give you some things to study and read and learn. But in order for us to do that, effective couples counseling, we also have to understand what uh, Sue Johnson calls attachment ruptures or wounds that, that have occurred along the way. And so as therapists, there's sometimes we're really looking at the long, the story behind everything. How did you guys get to this point? And, and, and just for example, an affair isn't just an affair. There's almost always a story before the affair. And we're trying to help understand that story so they make a better understanding of it. They understand themselves what's happening and how they got there. Because if you put a Band-Aid on that and on an affair, for example, and just kind of move through and, okay, well, we're not, that's not going to happen again. We don't understand how we got to this point. Mm. And I believe that when couples are ready for, for that kind of therapy, then they really can dissect their relationship and say, you know, it seems to me this is how we got here. And these are the things that we need to be aware of. Yeah. There, I mean, obviously, when we're going through this, right, there's the deep self work. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that it's, it's, it's I, sometimes I think easier because you can befriend yourself again. You can get to know yourself again. You can reconnect with yourself quite, you know, you're like, oh, I'm here. I have the right to be here. I'm, I'm good with myself again. But to, to bring another person into that space and to open yourself to reconnecting with a person that has in the past hurt you, this is some of the hardest work of the repair, right? Yeah. And, you know, I like what you're saying. Couples that come in, they need to be self-aware. They need to be ready for transparency and they need to be ready to be soft and kind of open the work up a little bit because this is deep and difficult work. And last time, and maybe a couple times ago now, we talked about the disclosure process and what that might look like and when you're ready for that. And it sounds like in your idea, you feel that the disclosure process is part of the pre-work of going into couples therapy. And, yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and let's explain that. So, if I'm trying to create um, a meaningful experience for the couples, so they understand it, they understand themselves, they understand the relationship better, um, without transparency and without openness, then w we're really challenging the relationship and we're creating pro potential problems down the road. If I'm trying to create connection 
when you've got a hidden behavior or the betrayed has a lot of questions, a lot of concerns. And, and how do we go then create intimacy when I don't even feel like I know? I, I, don't, I don't know the story. I don't know, okay, what happened? So I think often what happens is we try to put Band-Aids on deeper wounds and, and that, that's, that's, that's common. It's just not effective. So that transparency, that vulnerability, that openness that we're, we're asking for it is for a purpose. And, and again, that requires two partners, the betraying partner to actually say, am I willing to go through this and be that kind of vulnerable and, and disclose that kind of information? Am I willing to be that open? Can I tolerate the anxiety of that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Can I manage and, and then, take care of myself? Right, right. Can I take care of myself? And then the betrayed being able to say, I, I want that information. So if we're going to move forward, I need that information. And again, can now, I take care of myself while I receive it? You know? Right. And, and I can tell you that some couples do it very gracefully. And they do it with preparation and good, deep thought. In many cases, they've worked with a counselor in preparation. They haven't rushed through it. You have to tell me, you have to tell me, you have to tell me. Or I just want to tell you and they throw it up. Right? So there is wisdom in working through this process so we can be transparent and open one with another. I really like that concept right there, that there's wisdom in taking the process as, you know, in this kind of slow, methodical, thoughtful way. Of course, we, you know, we get all ups and downs with our emotions as we go through the process. But when we get grounded and we recognize where we're heading, that's where it feels like we can get some traction. One of the kind of things that comes up in my mind is this idea of an incomplete disclosure. You know, so we mm. use the disclosure to create and to offer, and you know, as a therapist, you create and offer an opportunity for transparency and for empathy and understanding of your partner, et cetera. And then sometimes what will happen is that the disclosure happens and then we find out later there was a missing piece. Um, I forgot to say this, and it might be something quite significant. Yeah, those aren't much fun, by the way, no, on the other horrid. side of it. Horrid. On both sides, I would, I would say. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's terrifying for both partners, I think, to have that kind of experience. Well, and, and as you think about it, that, that would make sense because <clears throat> let's say that I, I, you know, we like to finish stories. We like them to be complete. But imagine being the betraying partner and you just feel like I can't ever share this or I'm going to my grave with whatever this part of it is. Well, that's not comfortable either. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. It's, 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 it's hidden. And then that's, that's mm-hmm. yeah. And then the betrayed, uh, if they find it out later, like, yuck. I don't want, right? I mean, you're lie. You've lied to me. You're not telling me the truth. You're, you know, what else are you not telling me? So that's why I'm saying, as we begin this process, that's why some therapists they will only do it if a lie detect or a you know a you know a lie detector like a polygraph or an eye detect machine has been used because they're like we're going to get the, the, the they're going to get this out there and we're going to make sure that we have everything and there's you know some great effectiveness in that. Yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, the, 
incomplete disclosure, the kind of, you know, telling information after, you know, saying this is my transparency and then it not really being is so devastating. And I think it's devastating to both partners. Like you say, there's nothing like holding a secret to my grave, right? You know, right. and then on the other side, there's nothing like telling the truth, nothing, no freedom like that. You know, with the betrayed partner, we really want to know what, what, what am I dealing with, with here? Can right. I, can I know it all? And then can we draw a line in the sand and I can, I can move forward and we can try to untangle the rest of this, you know, so yeah. it's so essential for partners, like you said, really self-evaluate really be sincere check check into all the dark corners of the soul before moving forward yeah and and to add to that i i think what happens is we are in so much pain and so much internal angst that we just want the information we want to know we want it now we want we right i mean that that only makes sense the problem is is if we rush it if we overlook it or if we minimize it, what Janice Abram Spring calls cheap forgiveness, just move on, okay, it's not gonna happen again. Mm -hmm. Then we haven't paused long enough to reflect on, on the story. And I often, uh, I mean, the people I train, the, the clients I work with, I'm always focusing on there's the story. What is the story of this experience? What's my story? What's your story? What's our story? How did we get here? And if we, don't, if we don't slow down enough to understand the, how we got here this moment, this time, then we're more likely to do the same thing over and over again or live blindly in the future having these wounds in place, but they're never addressed. And that's one of my bigger concerns. There's a story I heard a long time ago about a farmer who, you know, he was uh, in a hurry and uh, uh, why he was in a hurry. He was, you know, just by a tree. and um, just just put his axe in the tree and then he had to go run and do something well he never didn't remember that he put the axe in the tree but the tree grew around the axe and weakened it and eventually it fell i think that's the metaphor i'm looking for here right if if we, if we get into this relationship and we've got things that are burdening us down weighing us down and we don't stop and reflect and what, what's how we got here? The axe may be in the relationship, and it's weakening the tree. And eventually, okay. it'll just destroy it. Yeah, it eventually seems to topple it over. Topple it over. Yeah, that's a really nice metaphor for what we're talking about. It, you know, it reminds me too of something that I spoke with one of my clients recently about was just this idea of um, this pattern, right? I love that you called it the cheap forgiveness, right? Because that's exactly what it is. It's this pattern of cheap forgiveness. It's this, okay, something blows up and happens. You know, we want, you know, one partner wants to move on. Let's just move forward. I'm sorry, let's just keep going. The other partner doesn't quite know how to reconcile with that. And it seems that the, the answer to that is we, we've got to make a serious choice to slow down yes. and to scratch all that we think we know and to kind of bring it back down to, okay, you know, what's happening here? How can we move forward? What do I need? What do you need? And, and again, I, both partners matter here. 
yeah. the voice. Both of them have their own emotions. They have their own feelings. But we need to stop and reflect enough to say, okay, where have we been and where do we want to go? And that's what I'm saying. In many cases, this is like a rebirth of the relationship. It's a new, it's a new relationship. It's mm-hmm. a second marriage, whatever you want to call it. It can't be what it was. I think that's a really cool concept, though, because there's a lot of hope in the idea of a rebirth. There's a lot of hope in the idea of a second chance. There's a lot of hope in the idea of really, you know, wiping and cleaning the slate, so to speak, and then putting into place something new and something different and moving forward with it. And I've seen people do cool things, right? Like really cool things with their vows or, you know, honeymoon, different honeymoons, different kinds of ways to celebrate. All right. There's been all this garbage in our relationship and we're both committed to something new, not perfect, but something new. Yes. Yes. And that's what we're talking about that real deep commitment to something new. That's hard to get there. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it is hard. Relationships. Old patterns can, are hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relationships can be hard mm-hmm. or, or not. Let me give you an example. When couples first together get together, it's not hard. They're talking, they're sharing, they're open, they're Happy, vulnerable. Excited, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're doing what vulnerable people do. The future is our oyster, right? You know, we can make all things happen. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a truth. Mm. And then something happens or some things happen or unresolved issues from the past happen. And, and now we're, our own individual stuff prevents us from being in this relationship on a deeper, in a deeper level or a deeper way. Yeah, it's like I, you know, I have this visual of just popping out on the surface, right? You, you know, you're deep in the relationship and then those things happen and you pop out back on the surface. I can live on the surface of the water <laughs> for a while. Yes, for a while right for a while <laughs> that's the key word so yeah i mean it really it's the question of am i willing ready and do i want to go back into the deep and uh really be there with my partner are we both yeah. willing yeah and and what happens when they do make that commitment it's beautiful it's beautiful to watch yeah it is <laughs> I mean, I mean, it truly is a new relationship. It is, it, it, I mean, it is two hearts reunifying because they've been willing to pay the price of authenticity, of speaking, you know what, I did have these problems. I did hurt you. I'm willing to, to do what it needs, what needs to happen so, so you can see me again in a different way other than this person who's hurt you. Mm. And when it's done properly and done right, it can be a very very healing and very beautiful experience to watch. It is. I think that's one of the coolest things too. I I remember, you know, many, many years ago and I went through this myself. I was, one of my questions just banging around in my brain every night when I went to bed was, do people survive this? You know, can people get through this? Is this real? Can this be healed? Can this happen? And, you know, it's like you're saying, without a doubt, I see it all the time. People do it. People totally do it. It's possible. 
And, and they follow some common traits or common patterns. It is the openness. It is the self, honest, personal self-evaluation and reflection. It is this person who is saying, I have hurt, I acknowledge the pain, and they continuously work, as Janice Sabrum Spring talks about in her book, uh, How Can I Forgive You? It's a genuine dance of forgiveness that they work towards. It's not this random thing. It is, and I mean, there's a, it's, it takes work and it takes consistent effort over time. And the common goal, this is what we want. This is what we want. We round everything around what we, you know, what our common goal is. That's really nice. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this before we wrap this up? No, I hope this is helpful to the listeners. I mean, I know there's going to be lots. There's always questions, right? If you have questions, feel free to ask your questions. And, and, you know, there's, there's, there's always hope when hearts are open and willing to try. And when couples come to my office and their hearts, they want something different, we can help them create different things, new patterns. Very cool. So I think the email here is hello at bloomforwomen.com. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So you questions, comments, thoughts, send them to us there. That'd be and great. We'll do our best. Okay. All right, Love Rice family. Thanks for having us, and we'll see you next time. We'll talk to you next time. All right, see you, everybody.